Thank you for tuning in to the Radio Bible Course, and I would like to say thank you to the many listeners who have written in for their free copy of our booklet on grace. We'll give information at the end of the program on how you can get your copy of the booklet on grace. Today we want to talk about another area of biblical accuracy. The New Testament writers, both the Gospel writers and the Apostle Paul, mention a prophet of the Old Testament known as Isaiah. According to liberal theologians, they were very wrong. Almost all seminaries in the country and most commentaries written about the book of Isaiah say that there was more than one author of the Old Testament book of Isaiah. For example, Stephen L. Harris in his book called Understanding the Bible writes this, Scholars who have analyzed Isaiah's 66 chapters have generally agreed that the book can be divided into at least three distinct parts, each portion representing a different time period and a different author. Now, the first 39 chapters were supposed to have been written by first Isaiah, and then chapter 42-55 by a person who we call, or they call, I should say, second Isaiah. And then some scholars say the rest of the book, beginning with chapter 56, was written by still another person, which they call the third Isaiah. Well, some scholars have referred to even a fourth Isaiah. Even C.J. Allen of the Sunday School Board of the Southern Baptist Convention sided with such scholars. He defended a commentary which claimed multiple authors for the book of Isaiah. Here's what he said, quote, The thing that really matters about any book in the Bible is not who wrote it, but whether the voice of God is heard in it. Why, then, any alarm if there were two Isaiahs? Well, Mr. Allen doesn't seem to have too good sense. Here's the reason for concern. The apostles referred to only one Isaiah. Could they have been wrong? Their teachings came from Jesus Christ. And was our Savior wrong? And when Jesus himself, during his life on earth, spoke about Isaiah, was he wrong? Didn't he know that there was more than one Isaiah? And if he knew it and didn't tell them, then he was not speaking all of the truth. Did he not know how many Isaiahs there were who had written that book in the Old Testament known as the prophet Isaiah? Well, the Bible treats all references to Isaiah as having come from a single writer, as one historic person. Well, how many Isaiahs were there? Since 1775, the final 26 chapters of Isaiah have been questioned. Critics refer to this section, beginning with chapter 40, as Deutero-Isaiah, or Second Isaiah. They say it could not have been written by one man known as Isaiah because of differences in literary style, 
theological ideas, and the subject matter. Now, of course, everyone agrees that the subject matter changes, beginning with chapter 40. But is there any rule in literature which says that a man cannot change his subject when he's writing a book? Must he write about only one subject? Or cannot his style change at all when he's taking on a different subject that calls for a style change? Well, of course. Now we are all faced with a choice. Who will we believe? Will we believe the scholars who have analyzed the documents and come up with their theory about there being more than one Isaiah? Or will we believe the New Testament writers who claim to have been inspired by the Spirit of God and who Jesus said would receive all of the truth from the Spirit of God? Well, I don't think any believing Christian would have any doubt about who to believe. John the Apostle said there was one Isaiah. In John chapter 12, beginning with verse 37, he wrote, Even after Jesus had done all these miraculous signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet. Lord, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this reason, they could not believe, because as Isaiah says elsewhere, or says again, he has blinded their eyes and deadened their hearts, so they can neither see with their eyes, nor understand with their hearts, nor turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. Now we have an interesting observation to make. When John wrote this about Isaiah, he first quoted from Isaiah 53, which scholars say was written by a second Isaiah. But then John quoted also from chapter 6 of Isaiah, verse 10, which scholars say was from the first Isaiah. And in verse 39, he said, Isaiah said again. Now, what does that tell us? It tells us that John believed there was only one Isaiah, and that the Isaiah who had written chapter 53 spoke again in Isaiah chapter 6. He believed there was only one Isaiah, and he was the author of the entire book. And then in verse 41, he writes, Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. Now, if there was more than one Isaiah, what would we expect to find in verse 41? It would say, Isaiah said this because they saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. But it says clearly, he, there was one person. The word of God rejects the scholar's conclusions about there being more than one writer of the book of Isaiah. 
Now, what is a Christian to do? What should he believe? Well, if he believes the scholars about there being more than one Isaiah, then he is disagreeing with John the Apostle. And if he disagrees with John the Apostle here, saying that John didn't know any better, then how do we know he was accurate when he wrote those other things which we certainly accept, such as John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now, perhaps John didn't give us all the true facts about salvation and eternal life here. Someone might accuse John of making generalizations when writing about Isaiah, or that he as a human was not a careful writer, and that's why he said he wrote when he referred to Isaiah. The evidence we have about John is that he is a writer who is extremely careful, one who recorded in great detail the events that he witnessed. For example, at Cana in Galilee, he tells about the water jars, and he gives the exact number. He said there were six stone jars, and he said they held from twenty to thirty gallons each. When he wrote about places, he tells us how far away they were. For example, in John chapter 6, he writes, When they had rowed three or four miles out on the sea, notice, three or four miles, he's very precise. And when he said the men sat down, about five thousand of them, not just a large crowd, he says, five thousand of them, and Jesus broke the bread and the fish, and the apostles passed them out, how many baskets of fragments were gathered after the feast? John writes, they filled twelve baskets from the five barley loaves. Now, that's being precise. John never generalized. You can trust him on anything. He gives you the details. In chapter 4, the Gospel of John, when Jesus talked about the, to the Samaritan woman, he said to her, You have five husbands. And when Jesus in chapter 5 was by the pool at the sheep gate, in Hebrew called Bethesda, John said it had five porticos. And it tells us that there was one man there who had been ill for a long time, no, for thirty-eight years. Now, what are we learning from this? We're learning that John is very exact. He's precise, and everything he writes you can depend upon. Now, in regard to salvation, then, he never generalized about that subject either. He tells us exactly what one must do to get eternal life. And what is that? To believe in Jesus Christ. Now listen to John chapter 3, verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned. He who does not believe is condemned already. Because... He has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. 
Now, in this passage, he confirms what he said in John chapter 3, verse 16. And there he confirms what he said in verse 15. And throughout the Gospel of John, there is consistency about how one gets salvation. It's by faith in Jesus Christ. Now, we might accuse John of something, but not carelessness in writing. He, more than any other New Testament writer, demonstrates attention to detail and accuracy. But a more important question is this. Were his writings inspired by the Spirit, as Jesus promised, when Jesus said the Spirit would be sent and he would guide them into all truth? John was there when he said it, and John was included in those who would be taught by the Spirit and taught all truth. Now, in John chapter 6, here's another example of John's precise reporting. The Jews came to him and said, What must we do that we might be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Notice, no generalization, a formula for salvation. If you want to do the work of God, then believe in the one God sent, and that is Jesus Christ. And when you do that, you will have eternal life, otherwise called in the Bible, salvation. You can depend upon the Bible. It is the word of God. And Jesus claimed it came from God. Join me here tomorrow for more on the authority of the Bible. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news.